Hello, this is Move to Improve with your host, Matthew Jurgis, and our other hosts, Dr. Alex Fixowich. Hey, guys. And Dr. Greg Uchaz, if you can get off the phone. Yo, 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 we're here. <laughs> um, Make it rain, baby. Yeah, so we're the podcast that looks at health and human biomechanics and athleticism through the lens of practitioners, healthcare practitioners, particularly chiropractors. And so the topic for today, I just felt we had to do one because I was writing a blog about the benefits of thoracic manipulation. And there's just so much there that isn't even talked about. And I was kind of saying to these guys earlier, like, you know, as chiropractors, we've been practicing that the the field has been practicing since 1895 under the umbrella of chiropractors. And back then they didn't really have the research to back it, but they knew that there was, that it was effective. It was working. And the same as for us, if we treat someone on, you know, you put them on table, you adjust them, they get up immediately. They know the benefit. They can feel it. We can test and, and observe it. So it's definitely there, but there's some interesting stuff that I feel like just isn't talked about enough. So, guys, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think a lot of times the evidence, the formal evidence that comes out in research, randomized control trials, all that stuff is really specific, and it takes a long time to catch up with what everybody else is doing, right? People are adjusting in practice. They've been doing it for over 100 years. Clearly, it has some effect on the patient that's positive, but to actually create a study where you're isolating that down to, you know, like an individual joint moving or motion or something like that, that's a lot harder to do. So a lot of times the formal research kind of has to catch up with what everyone else is already doing in practice. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it takes years and years and years, but now we, we kind of know it now, right? There's so much research that's come out about all the physiological effects, um, psychological effects, whatever effects we're adjusting. So I'd love to. Um, so the obvious stuff here is that it increases your range of motion. Um, and this is kind of important because we know that if a joint lacks motion, if it's, you know, if you cast up an elbow for six months and you take that cast off, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty bad. Like you're, you're definitely putting your, your elbow at risk for arthritis at that point. They've done this with animals where they've casted them like rabbits. And once they take that cast off, you're not moving that joint for months on end. It's going to get arthritic, right? It's going to get degenerative, whatever range of the joint you're not using. Uh, there's going to be issues in there. Yep. So I, I typically when I'm talking about spinal joint fixations there's a million words for it right chiros use subluxation we use fixation or joint dysfunction or joint sprained or it's stuck or it's not moving right or whatever we want to call it so i basically always liken it with my patients i say it's like it's kind of like jamming your finger in the wall right you just can't quite bend it after it's swollen it's inflamed it's sore um i said there's no different in your spine and so the reality is, is the, they always ask me, well, what, is, what does that adjustment do? I said, well, I mean, the technical terms are, it's like we're applying a high-velocity, low-amplitude thrust to a segment in order to produce a cavitation an audible. And in doing so, what happens is that because we put that rapid force into the, into the joint, that rapid change, it causes carbonated compounds to precipitate from a liquid to a gas, and in doing so, releasing energy in the form of sound. It's, it's no different than opening up a beer or a bottle of pop or something that can't pop. There's a rapid pressure change, and so you get um, 
those carbonated compounds will, you know, become little bubbles, right? They go from a liquid to a gas. And, and, and so if you have carbonated compounds in your joints, every, all these synovial joints in your body, they have fluid. And so when we put that quick force in there, we form a little gas bubble. So if you were to take an x-ray, you'd see a little lucency in that joint for about, and it's about a half hour. So when people say, oh, I can crack myself all the time, <clears throat> pardon me, it's, it's basically, you can probably produce that actual cavitation about a half hour. So that's those carbonated compounds just precipitate back into, into liquid form. And then I, you know, so just to throw it all out there, I basically say there's a whole bunch of physiological effects that happen when you adjust somebody because that cavitation, that pop, that audible. And that is there's a neurological reflex that relaxes the muscles across that segment. So it's like giving yourself a five-minute massage. Because, you know, as soon as we adjust, it's like, oh, you know. Yeah, and for sure, range of motion increases short-term. Mm-hmm. For sure, there are chemical mediators that come to the area to clean. So there's adhesion buildup. There's a little scar tissue that builds up over top of the joint because it's, it's injured. So the body's tending, trying to fuse it up. So we need motion to get it going. So this is considered the gold standard treatment. So uh, we're breaking up scar tissue over top of that joint capsule. So there's chemical mediators that come to the area to clean up that debris. There's a recirculation of the fluid inside the joint. Again, that neurological reflex that relaxes the muscles across the segment. There's an endorphin release. There's an analgesic release. So, you know, those are some of the physiological effects that happen. Yes, lots of effects, obviously. Um, it, I, I kind of put it in the way that like, it kind of jump starts your neurological system and you can see that muscles that cross those joints actually activate better which is a cool thing to to show someone um the other thing is let's say well that's a huge thing in my world like when i was traveling with sports teams so as part of a preparatory like i have i had the honor of working with probably uh, maybe maybe 50 people where 50 athletes where I'm treating them 10, 20 minutes before they're competing. And I had, I had the, the, the honor of working with, like, like I said, a whole bunch of them where I worked on them and then they went and won, won a medal, like an Olympic medal. And it was a pretty cool experience being able to assess, find inhibition, right? So you're saying like the muscles are firing very well, so we're, we're jump-starting the neurological system. So, and you adjust them. Um, where you find the restrictions and whatnot, and instantly they have that facilitation. Now the muscle is hyper excited. Now it's working properly again. So there was an issue that joint wasn't working well, and the brain just shut off maximal contraction. So you adjust them, boom! You're you're basically allowing the athlete to compete to the best of your ability and make sure the body is is optimized. Pretty cool, actually. Right? Well, weren't you involved in the research? Correct me if I'm wrong. That you know, adjusting and manipulating. The low back, maybe the hips and the ankles, improve vertical jump height. Yep, Sprint that was you. as well. Yeah, that was it. We, uh, Dr. Ian Schreier, he's a sports bed doc and an epidemiologist in uh, at Yale. We did that study, published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. Yeah, it was. Uh, we showed statistically significant changes in jump height and sprint speed with after you know you, you look for joint restriction in someone, you manip them, and you, you know test pre, test post. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. The way I kind of think about it is like, you know, if you have a piece of exercise equipment, there's pulleys and hinges. Like, if that hinge is all rusted up, those pulleys aren't going to work all that well, right? Yep. Yeah, I think it's I think it's cool in that example as well because it works neurologically like kind of both ways. Like, if you have an injured segment with muscles attached to it that are super, super tight because they're protecting that area, 
I describe it to my patients as almost like the reflex hammer that you hit on your knee, like when you're testing your reflexes. That adjustment is the contraction and then the relaxation afterward. And so it relaxes all the muscles that are attached to that joint. And then on the other end of the scale, you know, maximal performance, maybe someone's firing their muscles at 80, 90%, but that's not enough to win a gold medal or something like that. And so the same principle applies that you're almost hitting that reset switch on the joint itself so that everything can kind of go back to baseline and either be stronger, be looser, like whatever the desired effect. Yeah, totally. And and we know that the you know the nerves that innervate the muscles also innervate the joint yeah. that it surrounds. And so they're kind of one of the same. Like the nervous system plays that huge role on It's just integrated on right in. Like you can't separate the two. I also say that to patients all the time. Like, you know, you can think of your muscles as a piece of meat, but they're not a piece of meat. Like, yes, technically there's muscle fibers, it's like a piece of steak or something. But those muscle fibers are innovated by nerves and that's controlled by your brain. And yeah. so, you know, something like stretching, we're not necessarily trying to make the fibers longer. We're trying to make the fibers looser or more re- more relaxed. And so that's kind of what we're doing with this adjusting. You know, if we just tried to stretch the heck out of some of the spine muscles, might not be super effective, might have a bunch of resistance. But as soon as you can put that neurological impulse in there then a lot of times they will relax kind of reflexively, which is what we want. Totally. And, and they're kind of like integral to each other. And so the idea of like to have, in my mind, there's no separate like, oh, this is just a muscular problem or, oh, this is just a right. joint related problem. If there's an issue in the muscle, you're changing the axis of rotation on the joint, you're going to start to jar that joint. It's not sliding as it properly should, and it, it will become a problem right it'll become irritated vice versa if the joint is not functioning correctly how can the muscles use its full range right it's yeah it's always a chicken and the egg thing most people when they come in they have some element of both and both things kind of benefit in the treatment for sure mm-hmm. yeah i'd put it in clinical terms like how much research have you guys now seen that says okay if someone has a hamstring injury just adjusting a low back increases you know all, all of the parameters of healing, right? They get better faster when you add adjusting back to hamstring. All the studies you've seen out there that says if somebody has like a, a forearm tendinopathy, tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, something like that, adding and adjusting to the cervical spine, all of the outcomes are better. They actually get, you know, we do all the same stuff to the arm to fix the arm, but we add an adjusting, oh, they get better faster. Sure. Yeah. Truly crazy. I was reading a study today about adjusting thoracic spine. It, just a single adjustment decreased shoulder tendinopathy pain by as much as 50% and shoulder flexion range of motion quite significantly. So there's something right there. And uh, another research just on respiration. Obviously, our thoracic cage has to kind of work as a surplus to expand and contract during breathing. Um, and like many people, as you get older, you you don't use your thoracic mobility much, and it becomes stiff and rigid. You're not fully expanding. You're not fully contracting, and and your breathing is very limited as a result. And you know, if you're not breathing properly, there's so many negative effects that are going to come along with that. Yeah, it's it's really interesting that obviously we know working on the problem, like if we have tendinopathy in the shoulder, obviously we're going to do a bunch of stuff with those tendons, work on the shoulder, work on those mechanics. 
But the fact that adjusting an area elsewhere just by itself actually improves, like we know that as clinicians, but it's actually crazy that it's that connected, that it's that directly affecting the shoulder, you know, coming from the neck, coming from the thoracic spine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to add to that, I mean, there's rock solid research on the fact that adjusting thoracic spine is going to improve your neck pain or your headaches. Uh, and so, you know, the, the body is so connected and it really, you know, if, you, if you're not moving somewhere, you're going to have to take from somewhere else. Um, and that that creates issues. Yeah, yeah. There's never a perfect solution. Like your brain never completely spreads all the forces out equally. Ideally, that's what you would do. But it's always compensating somewhere. So if something's not working, another area has to work harder. And then that's kind of a positive feedback loop where people get worse and worse. But if we can address the actual problem, then everything starts to unravel in reverse and people start to get better in these multiple different areas, despite only maybe treating one or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was working actually with a track and field athlete yesterday. And so her issue, she's getting back pain after she runs. She's she has too much curve in her low back. You can tell that she's just jarring those joints and her low back's getting really tight because that lower dose is just too much. And I'm telling her there's two ways we can kind of take the stress off of that segment. For one, we can work on your hip mobility, get your hips more extended, get that hip pinch to go away and so that you're not pulled into that lower dose so much. And then for two, if we work on your thoracic mobility, we can take some of the load off as well. We're getting more curve out of the thoracic spine, so there's not so much demand on the lumbar spine, right? Yeah, no back Yeah. Take homes? What do we got to take? See a chiropractor? <laughs> um, no. Yeah. A little cliche, but I mean, I mean, from my standpoint, the take home is is there is now a whole. Oops, I can't swear. Um, there's a whole lot of research out there now that talks about the physio- all the positive physiological effects of, of adjusting and uh body is a pretty cool system that uh we know that if we can uh, all the spinal joints and the peripheral joints if we can make sure they're healthy then stuff uh gets better a lot faster right there's a lot of evidence now behind behind all the physiology of, of that whole high velocity low amplitude thrust mm-hmm yeah, and you know, manipulation is great. It's fast, very effective. Mobilization is an option if you're totally averse to that kind of. It's a little bit of a spooky experience for some people. Um, there's ways, but in my mind, you can't not address the joints. That's you're leaving so much on the table if you're trying to treat everything else. But let's be honest, there's going to be a joint component to your musculoskeletal complaint. Can I just throw in a, th- a thing about adjusting the? I always, one of the ways as a clinician I explain it to patients is that in, in terms of fixing a joint, the gold standard treatment out there, the evidence shows, is exactly that chiropractic adjustment, that high velocity long-term press, that quick push into the joint, taking it into what we call that paraphysiological space. That is the number one evidence-based treatment for fixing that up. There are other things you do, and that, it's a whole spectrum down to you know, zero effects, right? You can and less effective, but still not horrible, right? Mobilization. Traction is in there a little bit lower too, right? Even placebo, thinking they're doing something is better than doing nothing at all, right? There's a whole bunch of pieces in there. Uh, but still, that if, so yeah, if you're averse to getting adjusted, is it, for whatever, whatever reason, um, then mobilization, traction, all that stuff is, it does have some positive effects as well because you're affecting the joint. We just know that that, that quick rest of the joint is 
protected. And interestingly enough, we also know the evidence shows us that you don't necessarily have to get that audible pop to have the physiological effects. So even if a chiropractor or a physiotherapist or whomever adjusts you and doesn't get the audible pop, you still get a whole bunch of physiological effects, positive physiological effects mm-hmm. that happen regardless, right? So that's, uh, that's another little take home too. It's like, hey, even if it didn't go, it's still effective. Still went. The pop is a nice reassurance that it for sure went, but yeah. it's not exclusive to having that. Feeds our ego too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's nothing better. well there you have it uh you know thoracic or any manipulation safe and effective way to really fix your musculoskeletal complaints uh thanks again for listening by the way we have an instagram for the podcast now it's called move to improve underscore pod pod please uh consider checking us out and thanks we appreciate all your support take care thanks